Good morning and welcome to episode 21 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of the Beating Around the Bush column that appears weekly in the newsletter, the Carol newsletter, and are simply my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Today we're going to talk about some different topics uh, than we normally talk about. Sometimes we just cover the sports that are actually happening at Huntington High School. But uh, after playing what might have been a record number of games prior to the first of the year before the Christmas break, uh, Mustangs and the Phillies had played 15 games after, uh, well, at Christmas. When the Christmas tournament was over, they was at 15 games, and that might be some kind of record as far as how many games have played that early in the season. That's a lot of games crammed into November and December. Uh, 2022, they have yet to play a single game. Hopefully tonight we'll change that as the uh, both of the Huntington basketball teams have experienced weather problems. Uh, they had a game snowed out against Brewston this past Thursday night. It was supposed to play at Adamsville Saturday night, and that was a makeup game from when uh, bad weather came through back in December the 10th, I believe, is when they were supposed to play them before. I'm not sure the weather had kind of cleared out Saturday. That might have been something on Adamsville's part. But either either way, didn't play a game, have not played a game yet, 2022. Uh, Both Phillies and the Mustangs travel to Union City tonight, if you're listening to this broadcast, on a Tuesday on January the 11th. We could talk about the national championship game, but who cares? You know, uh, it was a great game, very entertaining Glad to see Georgia win in a way, but hey, if you're a Tennessee fan, you were sitting there trying to figure out how both teams were going to lose. So I watched it because I'm a sports guy. I watched it because it was the national championship game. But I'm not going to sit here and discuss that this morning, really. So, uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about today, and I mentioned it last week at the end of the podcast last week, that we might touch this subject. But if you were to title, this podcast, and I will a little bit later on when I go to save all this, it would be something like, he's over the back. You say one more word because the world, and I've I've been covering uh, basketball, and it seems to me that's kind of been the worst sport of all of them. I've been doing this for a long time. I mentioned earlier in some other podcast uh, that I've been working for the newspaper now, I'm in my 22nd year of working for the Carroll Newsletter. Of course, those roles have expanded over the years. They've grown. I do more now than I've ever done before. But I've been to a lot of basketball games. Been a lot of football games. Been a lot of basketball games. Uh, baseball games. Softball games. You name it, I've been. And there's a lots of, there are a lot of discussions Uh, when you travel around, about officiating. And and I wrote one of my columns uh, recently about what, you know, there's that old saying, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, because one of them had come first. You can't have a chicken without egg, but you can't have an egg without a chicken. So which one of them came first? And what I wrote that column about, kind of what I'm going to talk about today, is the banter from the stands has gotten horrible as far as officiating goes. 
Officiating, if you watch enough basketball games, the argument could be made that the officiating is not very good overall. So what came first? The abuse from the fans or bad officiating? That's an interesting question. It's a question I'm not sure I've got the answer to. But let's talk about some of those things for a minute because, I, you know, there's articles written. TSSAA even has an advertisement on the radio, and I've heard it a few times, talking about, hey, fans, we're having trouble getting officiate. Don't yell at the referee. Be a sportsman. And you should. Uh, You should uh, show your sportsmanship during the game. You shouldn't scream and holler at the referee. You should not be abusive. But let me go back a second. Because you have every right to do that. If 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 an official makes a call, you disagree with it, you have every right in this world to question that call. And the problem seems to be, in most people's minds, that when they question that call, the official is wrong. Well, here's an example. And, and, and you know, I, I've done a little officiating. I've never officiated a, a high school basketball game. I've never officiated uh, or refereed a high school football game. I've never umpired officially a high school baseball game. But I have umpired in Babe Ruth. I've umpired senior Babe Ruth, which is high school level. Some of the Babe Ruthers are high school age. I've uh, refereed a lot of youth basketball. Most of it's younger kids. But I have refereed games in which there were adults and high schoolers. So I, I have a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be an official. First of all, it's very tough. And I used to have a saying when I when I officiated upward basketball. And, and they had a different set of rules, so they made it a little more difficult. But part of this theory I got kind of holds true as far as uh, high school game, for example. You, of course, you've got three officials. Back when I played uh, high school basketball, you only had two officials. And I can't really imagine how an official actually officiated a game with, with just two guys. Uh, the way the game is now, of course, the game is faster. The players are stronger. They jump higher. Uh, Three-point line has changed the game. So you've got a lot of things to look for. But I used to have a saying in upward basketball that you've got 10 things that you got to watch. It might not be that many in a high school game, but you still, let's just say for sake of argument, that you do have 10 things that you got to look for every time down the court, every possession. But you can only see four or five of those at a time. And that was especially true with upper basketball. But the th- point I'm trying to make is you, you can't see everything that happens. You're going to miss things. But that's part of the game. People understand that. And I think part of the problem is that fans don't understand that anymore, how hard it is to officiate. Uh, key to officiating is real simple. But it doesn't always work out this way. But the key to officiating is to be in the right spot at the right time. Positioning is what they teach you. Uh, That is especially true in baseball. If you get yourself in the right position, 
more times than not, you're going to make the right call. Look at the replay in, in Major League Baseball. Those umpires are right 90-something percent of the time. It's amazing how close or how good they are on the close plays. And if you look, watch the replays and when they challenge a call, most of the time, like I said, 90-something percent of the time, they're correct. Uh, football, I, you know, I don't know. You watched that national championship game last night, and you could argue all day long on where uh, Stinson Bennett uh, fumbled that ball that actually gave Alabama the opportunity, and they took advantage of it to go ahead in that game. It turns out Georgia came back and won anyway. But a replay, I, you know, I, in my opinion, it was an incom- incomplete pass. And then there was, you know, the, the, the guy that recovered the fumble uh, just thought it was an incomplete pass, and he just got lucky that he even uh, caught the fumble, or in this case, he thought it was an incomplete pass before he stepped out of bounds. And you could, you, you know, might get a microscope, and his toe might have been on the line. I don't know, you know. And you go back to the Tennessee game and their bowl game uh, where Tennessee scored a touchdown in overtime, and that was ruled – uh, his forward progress had been stopped. So, uh, you know, that and that replay, they kept looking at it, kept looking at it, and that's what they ruled. You know, so that shows you how hard officiating is, is when you go back and look at the replay and you still can't tell. Those guys have to make decisions, split-second decision. So it's not easy uh, to officiate. But I look out at a lot of these uh, high school officials, uh, and I see the same set of officials uh, just about every game that we play. A lot of these guys have been doing it for a long time. And here's the question. And I actually saw a friend of mine back in the Christmas tournament, back a couple of weeks ago now, that was told to leave the gym because they questioned a call. Well, uh, I talked to... Some people after that, after and and, and they said they, uh, the person that was uh, told to leave the gym really didn't didn't get abusive. Uh, they just kind of questioned the call and asked the referee, "How come you didn't call a technical on them when you did on somebody else earlier?" And uh, he took offense to it and asked this person to leave the gym. And that that brings a question. Uh, as I wrote in my column not too long ago, have the officials got too sensitive? Because see, now you've got you, you've got two things going on here. You got fans that are abusive, and trust me, fans are abusive. But I used to have this saying, and I quoted this to a friend not too long ago. First of all, to be an official, you have to be thick-skinned. You have to be able to tolerate a certain amount of abuse. If you can't, then you don't need to officiate because here's the thing. When you officiate a basketball game, football game, whatever the case may be, fans are going to scream at you. Basketball is the sport that it seems like you hear everything because of the way gyms are constructed, uh, the way the sound carries. Uh, Sometimes it can get quiet and you hear one person yelling. But it's, it's like you hear more, although it's probably not any worse than a football game, but stands are kind of away from you. There's a lot of other noise going on. Bands always playing. You don't hear all these comments 
from the field as you do from a court. Uh, baseball is usually always uh, softball too, but you, you get the same complaints. And, and I got a little story about that in a minute, but, uh, or I could say something, let's go ahead and, and, and get that out there so I can get back to my train of thought here. But, you know, when I used to umpire behind home plate, pitch be on the outside corner. I mean, it would nick the corner or be real close to the corner. I might call it a strike, might call it a ball. But there's always that guy in that third base dugout or that first base dugout that's looking at an angle from 60, 80 feet away that could see the corner of the plate better than I could standing right behind the catcher. So that's the point I'm making about how fans can get a little ridiculous. But in basketball, you're close to the action. You're running by people, and usually it's always the same group of people sitting in the same area that are going to holler at officials. But I used to say, getting back to that point I was making a minute ago, there's a line that you got to draw. And here's what I think has happened over the years. That line you got to draw, it's got to be way, way out there in front of you. Other words, when a fan or a coach, or a player, uh, crosses that line that you have drawn, then you need to take action because they've gone too far. They've stepped over the line. They've gotten too abusive. They said something that they shouldn't have said. It's time to put a stop to it. But that line has to be way out there in front of you. I think what has happened because of fans And again, you can argue what came first, fans, abuse, or bad officiating. But that line that needs to be way out there in front of you is now suddenly just right there in front of you. Other words, fan doesn't have to go very far to cross that line that you've drawn before you take action as an official. And I think that's part of what the problem is is that officials are not as thick-skinned as they used to be. They don't tolerate as much as they used to. But then again, if you're an official, what you're going to argue is the fans have gotten ridiculous. And that's true. They have. Uh, You know, the best way to uh, hear that it's to sit in stands, and, and there's certain areas that you can sit. It seems like you hear more uh, than you do anywhere else. Uh, I've said it's scores table a lot. Um, you know, doing PA, for one thing. I've actually ran the clock before. It's not one of my favorite things to do. I haven't done it very much, but I have done it. So I've said it's scores table a lot. Back in my radio days, I used to sit right there and, and fans right behind you. In fact, to give you a story – one time when I was doing PA and Huntington was playing McKenzie and it, it, there was a shot that was hit from half court at the buzzer that gave Huntington the win. So as I do every game that I've ever done PA for, I scream out over the PA, final score, Huntington 46, McKenzie 45, something like that. And as I'm doing that, fan walks behind me and punches me in the back. This is a true story. Uh, simply because I announced that final score. Of course, I mean, McKenzie was a rival. But 
What did I do to deserve a punch in the back? Looked around, never did see who it was. Don't know who it was. But that's just an example of how fans are. And when you sit there at that scores table, you always hear it from visiting fans. And some of the comments are always, it's over the back. Walk, charge, traveling, that's traveling. You know, you hear all of these things, and it's always the same uh, comment. Three seconds. A lot of fans don't understand three seconds. I heard one official tell me one time they're never going to call three seconds unless it's an effect on play. Other words, you know, players, uh, ball's being passed around, and, and you know, he's going to give them a little leeway. You know, it's when they get in there and establish position uh, for three seconds that when he's going to call it, where they can get an advantage. And that's what three-second calls for, keep player from getting advantage and getting the ball down low and scoring two points. But, you know, and if the ball you, – you see it a lot on rebounds. If the ball's going up and they get a rebound, shoot it up again, get the rebound, shoot it up again, you've seen that a lot. Get offensive rebound two or three in a row. Well, what people don't understand, every time they shoot, that three seconds starts all over again. So it's not three seconds from the first shot until the end of the play. No, it starts over again after each shot. Just little things like that. Um, one thing, you know, one thing that's changed over the years, in my opinion, Eurostep. Yeah, back when I was playing, Eurostep was a travel. Because you jump, you change directions without dribbling or shooting or passing. And that used to be a travel. The game's changed. I asked uh, Mr. Dale Kelly one time, uh, who's officiated three Final Fours. So Dale, I said, how did the Eurostep become legal? And he said, it's a good question, because there's really not an answer to that. It's just one of those things that a group of officials didn't make the call. And you, you got to remember, these officials do not stay together. They're always with somebody different every game. So, you know, they kind of rub off on each other. Really, that's what style of play. But what happened was eventually they just kind of slowly but surely quit calling the Eurostep a travel. So now it's part of the game. But I've also felt, too, and if you watch a, a basketball game nowadays, basketball game is physical, a lot more physical than when it was when I played. You know, you touch somebody and it's a foul. And one could argue, hey, officials do not call the game close enough. Well, it, it, that's true and not true. Because I've always been a believer that the officials set the tone early in the game as to how physical that game's going to be. In other words, if you call that game close to start with, then more than likely you're going to have control over the rest of that game because players understand what's a foul, what's not a foul. You cannot let them be physical. And then uh, second quarter, third quarter, whatever the case may be, you decide, hey, it's got too physical. We're going to start calling fouls. And then you start, you know, the game's gotten longer because of that. And now all of a sudden you got 30 fouls on the, the scoreboard and people are going, well, it's, that's a lot of fouls. They're calling it too close. That's the same fans that were yelling. Now you're not calling it close enough. But what I'm saying is you set the tone early and then you won't have a physical game. Yeah, it's going to be a little physical because uh, it's just the way the game has transformed. But you, you can control that game. You can control how physical it's going to be if you're an official. 
And I think that's one thing officials do not do uh, like they used to. They do not call it as close as they used to. And then, uh, then you could argue that uh, these officials are there for the paycheck. That's one of the biggest com- uh, comments that you'll hear. And I believe that's true in a lot of cases. You see guys out there, hey, it's a good way to make money. And it's good money. Trust me, I, I kind of wished I'd went that route because I, I I enjoy doing that. And, and you can make real good money. You can make you can almost make a living if you do all the sports. And, you know, of course, you don't have insurance and that kind of stuff. But you could, you get, you could, officials get paid $100 a night or in that vicinity. And that's pretty good money for, you know, three hours work. You know, $33 an hour. You can't, you, you're not going to go many places and get that. And, and it's doing something you love. But I think that's a lot of it. Used to, you had to do so many middle school games. You had to do B games before you ever got to do a high school game. That's not necessarily true anymore because there is such a demand for officials that you pretty much got to kind of pass a test and they probably hit you with that. And they give you a whistle and, you know, you go buy you a striped shirt and black pants and black tennis shoes and you're an official. And I see lots of people officiating that never played. Uh, one old story I remember Coach Pritchard told me one time about a, a football referee. He asked him, said, well, son, did you play or something? He said, no, I used to play a lot of Madden, which is a video game. That's the only football he never played. It helps to have played the game because you understand it better. But in a sense, let's get away from that for a second because it's hard to officiate. It's a hard game. Like I said, the kids are more athletic. Uh, they're faster. The game has changed. Officials have gotten older. It's harder to get officials. So why is all of that true? And a lot of it's because fans have gotten abusive. It's not, and, and you know, like I said earlier, it's okay to yell at a referee if he thinks he's missed a call, but there is a certain way of doing it. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I might make a face, uh, you know, and I might grunt and grimace because I know one thing, the official's not going to change it. It's not going to change the call. So you can't do a lot about it. You, you just hope he gets the next one right. But it's just like rest of life. It's how you treat people. Do you want somebody screaming and being abusive at you at your job? Hey, you're not doing that right. You know, you can do better than that. You suck. How would you like somebody standing over your shoulder at your job telling you that all the time? You wouldn't. And that's kind of the way officials feel. But so with all that being said, what what is the solution to all of it? And I think it's simple. I really think it's simple. First of all, let's look at the officials. If you're an official, study the game. If you're an official, Talk to those experienced guys. Uh, gain as much information and knowledge as you can. Learn. Most of all, get better. Be in the right spot to make the call. You know, do your job. You know, if somebody's standing there yelling at you because you're not doing a good job, they don't think you are doing a good job. Get better at it. That's, it's that simple. You get better at the game. You get less sensitive. <coughs> you 
uh, draw that line further out in front of you than it used to be and be thick skinned, you'll be a better official. Don't listen to the abuse. But get better. Fans, that same principle pretty much applies. Think about who you're yelling at. You know, he's a human being, or she, and there's not many women officials in high school basketball. I've seen a few, not, I haven't seen any this year. But, you know, why, why do you want to treat them like that? They're human being. They got feelings, although they're, you know, they're, they're out there performing a duty. They're getting paid for. And you, you, you got the right to scream, but you, you ain't got a right to be abusive. And that's what it's gotten to. Fans get better. Think about what you're doing. Think about who you're representing. You know, schools get bad names because of the fan base. You know, I mentioned earlier, I, you sit there at the scorer's table and you hear you know, always the visiting fans behind you. And you, you can hear some of the things they yell. And a lot of the times they just don't know what they're talking about because if you know the game, you understand they don't know what they're yelling. But, you know, and then Huntington fans said, yeah, I hear them over there. They're just terrible. Well, you're just as bad. You go on the road and Huntington fans are just as bad. Everybody's bad. You know, get better. Think about what you're doing. Think about who you're yelling at. They're, they're human beings. You know, it's it's not life and death. We think it is, but it's not. You know, we're, we're going to go play basketball at Union City tonight. We lose both those games. You know, sun's probably going to come up tomorrow, more than likely. If it doesn't, that means the good Lord has come back for his church, come back for his people. That's not going to be a bad thing. You know, so that's, you know, the sun's going to come up. It's not the end of the world. Playing sports is about, it's a lesson. It's learning how to deal with adverse situations. It's learning how to overcome obstacles. And that's what it should be about. You should go to a game, you should sit down, and you should enjoy the competition. Yes, you want to win. I understand that. I do too. But are you going to sleep that night because you lost? Are you going to sleep that night if you won? You should because sleep's important, especially when you get old like I am. You know, get better. Treat, treat the officials with a little respect. Maybe they'll do a better job. You know, so it's one of those things you can go back and forth on. You know, which, what, what, what's happened first? Officiating's gotten bad or the fans have gotten more abusive? You could argue both. Uh, you, the, the officials do have an effect on the game, but they don't win or lose it. The players win or lose the game. Fans don't have an effect on the game. The fans don't win or lose it. Players win or lose it. So let's learn to be better. Let's learn to act better. Yes, it's okay to get upset. I understand that. I get upset too. But let's don't take it to the point where we're a horrible human being. And that's what most fans have become. And if you're an official, uh, don't take it out on somebody else because somebody else has yelled at you. Learn to deal with it. You know, if you think you're doing, you think you made the right call, 
you think you're doing your job, then don't let that fan bother you because you're doing your job. But anyway, that's enough. You know, that's one thing about this podcast. It's called Ramblings of an Old Sports Writer, and that's what we've done today. But it's a subject that uh, I think about a lot. That's a subject that, you know, in a world we live in, and I use the phrase, in a world gone mad, and trust me, it has. We can do better, folks. Hey, come back next week and listen to the next podcast. has been podcast episode number 21. Hey, I'm I, I kind of excited about where we're headed. So uh, I'll see you next week, and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about between now and then. But I'll see you next week.